Supposedly, years ago, um, some police officer made a quote and said, more people die here than any other place in the city of New York. And that became, you know, uh, that, that became still talk about today. It's a mischaracterization of what Chinatown is all about. Right. I mean, you know, there are issues, you know, there's criminal elements everywhere. Back in, that, back in those days, even... You know, every group is is having every minority group having those issues. But to make it like the marquee issue for Chinese American and Manhattan Chinatown to be remembered by, that would be a that's a, that's tra- that's tragic. Right. right, and I guess part of the reason why it got it's got its name. I mean, when I was growing up, and um, and I when I made Asian friends and and started hanging out in the area playing basketball and and handball and and whatnot. And then when I would go down to Pell to eat, I actually went to Pell Street for summer school. By that church, little church they had right there. Oh, wow. And I was like, well, what's that? And I was like, well, what do you mean? They were like, you know, it's Murder Alley. I'm like, Murder Alley? Like, what, what was that? So and then what they were saying to me as a, ch- as a kid, as a teenage kid, they were saying, oh, it's, it's um, uh, due to all of the gang fights back in the day. Right. So they, they would uh, set up meetings there. Uh-huh. Right. And then all of a sudden things would kind of go hectic, which a lot of people get killed because... Uh, the way it's structured, there's no way. There's not an exit. Once you enter, all the if if the if they set you up and you go there, all of the exits are covered, and you're pretty much getting shot up and killed. There, you get you get people from uh, inside the stores that come out. So there's really no retreat. And then they 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 seal off the two entrance or exits on the other side, or, or the three, I should say. And uh, and then also they would have people on the roof shooting down at you. So right. you would get it from pretty much everywhere. Yeah. The one that the one historic account that I because I, I just don't you know, I want to know the truth. Right. Is that the case? Mm-hmm. Um, the one historical account that I found was that um, there was a theater there before they were fighting over some uh, a woman, I guess. And then one group went in there and shot up like a bunch of people, like four or five people. Right. There was a, a, I know that story. It's a rival gang. Uh-huh. And the theater group, uh, and this was like 100 years ago, right? It's like in the, actually uh, late 1800s, was it? Right. Or early 1900s. And uh, there were two gangs in there, the Tongs during the, the wars. And, and they, uh, they had, I guess, a disagreement. Mm-hmm. And they were at war with each other. However, at that theater... Everyone knew that was neutral grounds. All right. And when that faction came, I guess because of that girl, they broke that um, agreement, mm-hmm. one of them, and then they attacked and right. killed. And that's what started. A, I think like four or five people. I mean, that's yeah. what I'm saying. I said I grew up during the days in, you know, the, the gangs in, 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 you know, different crazy times. And all the theaters used to have shootings, right? Yeah. So I'm like. All of the theaters. So from yeah. my own personal experience that, Nah, you gotta do a lot more than you gotta need an Uzi to take down a whole bunch of people. And then, besides, there's only certain people. That, you know, these guys are pretty targeted. You know, these are professionals. They're not just punks. They just wanna, you know. So, you tell it so many times, and it really happened. It got told more and more, um, because the I I, I I'm gonna credit the museum because when they do walking tours. These guys will raise, you know, would, would bring those up. I actually make it a personal point when I see people giving out tours, I would stand next to them. <laughs> Wait until they, I, they I, mention it. Then I just it. say, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> like, I'm, part, I'm part of the I tour. Said, Wait a minute. That's, That's like not the biggest bullshit right here. <laughs> I'm looking up right now. Yeah. And they're saying exactly that. Like that was um, a war between the Hip Sing Tong mm-hmm. along with their allies, the Four Brothers. Against right. the On Leong Tong. Right. And these gangs rank everything from opium dens to entertainment centers to prostitution rings, et cetera, et cetera. And those, those were the gangs that were fighting. Yeah. And that's how it became known. Right. So one, one crime scene becomes, you know, forever. That's what you remember. Itched in history. I mean, people are getting killed all over Chinatown, right? Or shot or stabbed. And... Uh, because it had, I guess, that cachet, <laughs> you know, that when someone died there or there was a gang war there, then it just, it really brought more attention to it. People was like, oh, see, see, right there. You know, but when in, in actuality, 
when you talk about the more current day, I guess, well, current as in like, I guess, 15, 20, 30 years ago. The 90s, 80s. It, 80s and 90s and maybe early 2000s. There was fights and deaths and murders. I mean, all over the place in Chinatown. All yeah. over. I remember when I was a kid, broad daylight, walking down right here, right on Bowering Canal, uh, come out the jewelry store. And then all of a sudden, I see somebody come up with a gun, literally walking by me. Right. And I also think it's yeah. like uh, media. You know, you have a lot of movies are filmed in that exact alley, right? Yeah. And uh, New Jack City. We did one, one over there, too. Yeah, we, we filmed there, too. Um, yeah. New Jack City, I think, is one of the famous like um, movies that uh, were, was filmed in that, um, that triangle, that alley. Um, and it's always about, you know, crime. You know, that yeah. happens there. It's it's crime. It's the gambling. Like I said, you know, all, what happened to all the gambling dens, right? Yeah. Government says, you know, this is so good. We're going to legitimize it and we're going to run it. <laughs> we're going to be the house, right? So that's that's what happened. I think this whole crime thing. And honestly, as a kid, you know, was like, hey, it's not bad. You know, people look at us like, oh, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You feel a little safer. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, you know, walk a little swag, you know. But but it's the, my point is that when our own people start telling it, mm-hmm. you legitimize you know, this false narrative. Mm-hmm. And we need to be careful about that. Yeah. Right? Because there's some guy happened to take this one clip, this one incident, and turn into this whole thing. And then, you know, now our own people are telling yeah, the story. Everyone's taking that and running with it right, without actually with, looking deeper right. into it. And then it, I'm not denying it. Maybe so in there, a sense, it's uh, romanticized. Yeah. But there are other things that really can, we should talk about that are really more... You know, sadly, crime and all the things is that's part of American history. Yeah. But the other part of American history is also perseverance that these guys, you know, that the street vendors fighting to just take care of the family the unification. Im- the, the immigrant story. The immigrant right? story. I remember, like, you know, you know, tenements in, in Manhattan and me growing in there, growing up in there, and then, like, you know, I, the bathtub is in the kitchen, that's right. you know. Uh, how many flights was that? I forget. That was like, uh, well, I live on uh, the first floor, but uh, there's 10. Yeah, it's yeah. 10 floors, 10 apartments. That's insane. A 10-story yeah. walk-up. No, and there were a lot but of elderly people living in that building. And then when I went to your apartment for the first time, I said, holy shit, this guy's bathtub is in the middle of the freaking... Yeah, the kitchen. <laughs> this is crazy. That's why the bathroom's I take outside, or they, they modify to put it inside? The, the bathroom is inside. It was right next yeah, to the kitchen. they used to the have kitchen. the bathroom yeah. to be on the outside. Oh, the outside. You got to walk out. Where the first time I saw something like that was with my Dominican friends. Mm-hmm. You know, when I went to their house... And I was like, dude, where's the bathroom? He was like, here, he gave me a key. I was like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? Oh, and it's in the hallway. It's in the hallway. Yeah. And he goes, everybody else too. uses it. I was like, holy crap. Yeah. And then his, his bathtub was in his kitchen. Yeah. And, they, and the way they ran their bathtub, sometimes they had to get the buckets yeah. and throw it over. They had to fill it in the, in the kitchen sink <laughs> and then put it in, yeah. their, in their bathtub. And I was like, yo, this is insane because there was four of them. Mm-hmm. Four of them. And this was one of my best friends growing up. Yeah. You know, my, one of my best friends. Growing and Don, you, I mean, your, your story is unique, too. You grew up in Chinatown and you experienced all that, you know, and probably like different things that, that from what we experienced. But yeah, what, my grandfather's on Elizabeth Street and exactly those apartments. And mm-hmm. then you got to go to the bathroom. So, the out, uh, you know, you, you, it's outside. You know, people tell us that we're rich again because uh, <laughs> if we were rich, holy, holy crap. If we were one of those rich Asians in the top one percent. Uh, right. We wouldn't be having these experiences. Well, that's one of the things that, you know, the Tenement Museum, when they first make the announcement, I still get invites and stuff like that, right? They raise money. And I'm like, museum? I know people living like that right now. Yeah, right? <laughs> absolutely. So for you guys, already a museum. That guy's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are a museum. But I yeah. said, I know a lot of people who live that way yeah. right now, paying a lot of money for that. You know, but the changes in Chinatown was um, interesting. That the one thing I think, when I growing up, it was um, it's Jewish. Uh, you know, there's some my, my step grandmother, by the way, is Jewish, right? Well, how so, did that? Oh, yeah. Okay. So my grandfather is a machinist on Baxter Street, and okay. my uh, step grandmother uh, was abandoned by her family, and then she was works a custodian. So after work, they see each other. My maternal grandmother passed away. Uh, I mean, because during that time, you know, you know, Asians you know, now, but especially back then, really Asian men really pretty much stick to Asian women. 
Yeah. And uh, Jewish, I mean, if you're not Jewish, you don't share the religion. And well, Asian, my grandfather, they, they were not that many uh, Asian women. In the, this is in back China in the Chinese Exclusion Act. Back, yeah, yeah this way back, right? So my great-grandfather is the first one to come to this country, that his generation, then my grandfather. So, so I said, like, how, how you know, I, I thought it was normal. Why would I think it's any different, right? right. You know, I grew up, ask grandma, I go there, I, you know, I would get matzah and I can only drink Coca-Cola. Matzah balls. Matzah, <laughs> and I can only drink Coca-Cola because that's yeah. kosher, right? That yeah. is not kosher. Yeah. So, um, but it's, you know, you just think a blended family, that's normal. What was right. that like having a, wow. It's pretty you know, cool. Cause a Jewish upbringing and a Chinese upbringing. That's pretty cool. You know, so she's, uh, she's pretty much with, um, you know, for the longest time I said, hey, grandma, what is your last name? He goes, Lee. I'm like, okay, grandma. Wow. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Damn, I like her already. Yeah, I got gotcha, you, grandma. So, um, yes. but they, you know, so they, on Elizabeth Street, and they used to sixth floor walk up. And so, you know, so for them, it was a really interesting, um, you know, so I learned that they are, I know there are other cultures. So I learned like how that, you know, grandfather, how do you, you know, so you hear those stories. But let me go back to like the, the shift. So there's the Jewish community that I know. There's the African-American community because one of the school was like the uh, annex. We have to walk down to, mm. to, to um, Smith Housing to go to school. Mm-hmm. And um, then there was the Italians. And then, and then all of a sudden, one day it becomes more Chinese. So for me, it's like, where did they go? Where, where it becomes more Chinese? Over time, it becomes Chinatown becomes more Chinese because oh, there okay. used to be Italians like right. Enzo, Vito. These guys went to right. elementary school with me. Right. And then one day they like all disappear. Well, because housing, right? So when they're when I think my Biagi is like when they build some housing. Chinese people never get to go in there. So like, all right, these are where the Italian elected official got for them, so their people move there. Grand Street Co-op, right? It's predominantly Jew- Jewish. Um, right. It folks, still is. Right? It still it is. is. The, well, the only, right, the only difference Jewish. is when they bought it, they bought it for $4,000. Now all the Chinese people buying in there is like paying $900,000. That's a million dollars, right? right? For, for a two-bedroom co-op. Right? <laughs> so, so like we know, so growing up is a really interesting, I wouldn't say interesting, but, you know, you're just worrying about just getting home alive and seeing my dad. So I don't even think about it. But you know right away, okay, all the Jewish people are living over there at these nice fancy houses. Um, all the Italians all of a sudden just moved to Bridge Towers and all that stuff. A lot of the Irish went to Knickerbocker. And it's still see, you can see those names. I said, wow, it's like a Ponzi scheme, right? Everyone moves up, and the last one in this Ponzi scheme is the Chinese. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, yeah. shit. Instead of these guys able to fight for housing and this stuff, they all, everyone get moved up, right? Mm-hmm. $4,000 get you the co- co-op. Nick Barker, you, you're in. Two Bridge Towers. Now they're selling for also a million dollars, right? Right. You know, as growing up, you kind of like, you accept it. I don't, I'm not there to question. I'm too young to, to know anything. But mm-hmm. it's, it's something that's in your mind, like, hey, what's going on here? And then people say, hey, look, Confucius Plaza. I'm like, you cannot compare one building. And then, you know, if we have more time to talk. I'll, I'll share with you the history of Confucius Plaza, which is not well, the way people tell it. I would right? love. To, I don't know about it. I don't yeah. So that's Conf- news to me. So, you know, so you have everyone moving in different areas. So Confucius Plaza was by uh, Tom Law's dad, who said, what are all these Mitchell Lama stuff? What, what are they? They said, well, you need to find a way to do this. So he, this is a symbol of where the community was unified. He actually- Confucius Plaza? Confucius Plaza. So he actually talked to all the people who owned the smaller buildings here. And then- So before them, it was, hold on, just before it was, right, we're staring at Confucius Plaza right now. Right. They look like this. And they used to look like it this. It looks like this, right. this building. Like these buildings. I heard that it was a, now here's old school Chinatown rumors again. Um, <clears throat> And you could correct, but I heard that there was a, uh, it was like a cemetery mm, and then it's built over it. No. No, right? They were, they were actually, like, all Confucius Plazas is haunted. No. And all of this, and they have a weird wind tunnel, which they do over there whenever no. it gets like, weird weather. And they're saying that, oh, it's because it was built, and this was when I was a kid, you know, people telling stories and they're going, oh, it's built over a cemetery and people sometimes uh, commit suicide. On, on in Confucius Plaza no. and et cetera, the, the, jump off the building and they haunt and all that. No, the, the haunting place is actually the um, the bloody triangle where the post office is. 
Okay. So there was a fire there, and they were saying that, why, you know, you, I was a kid, I said, hey, why is the post office like in right. the middle of the right, street? Right, right, I always thought that too. Right, well, why, why there? Why not someplace? Because no, there were no, no business ever went open because they said it's haunted. <gasps> so you why? need the government to, to be able to be strong enough to overcome that. That's what happened. Uh, it was a fire yeah, there. We're all about feng shui. It's a feng shui. Yeah, and it's and then wang hei. You need the wang hei to you know right. government to be able to defend it. Right. So that's what happened. Can you translate that for everyone that doesn't speak Chinese? <laughs> so basically, there was a. They believe that the spirits are so strong mm -hmm. that only like government, because it's righteous, right. that they can they can overpower you know, overpower that. that. Where, so where the spirits won't <clears throat> right. go there and interrupt the business. That's right. So that's why I became the post office. Right. Right. That was coming from Mr. Calvin Lee, <clears throat> one of the original, um, the first post uh, master for that, um, wow. for that station. He passed that's away very young. But again, that's the benefit of growing up in the Chinese, uh, the Lee Family Association, right? So Calvin would, <clears throat> would tell me those stories and say, oh, how, how come you the, you know, I was like, to me, he was like, he was my hero, right? You don't see too many Asian American, Chinese American, and they say, "Oh my God, you actually run the whole freaking place. You are the You're postmaster. A You're a government, government official. official." Yeah, and that's a big deal, man, especially back in the day. Right. Yeah. You know. That's why, like, one of my proudest moments growing up, I walked past a uh, Gouverneur Hospital, and if someone said to me back then, "You're gonna be one of the," um, "You're gonna be one of the security guards," I'm like, "Oh my God, yeah, so cool," but you know. In my life, it's like you said, better lucky than good. I end up being an executive cabinet for that hospital. So when I walk in and people were like judging me, right? Oh, are you here for a political contract? And I said, listen, I don't need any freaking motivation from you. I walk by here as a kid. Trust me, I'll do right by this hospital. Mm. You know, people would question. Because when you're the only Asian in the whole executive team, mm -hmm. you know, people would question, how did you get here? How did you get here? Yeah. You know, but again... You know, that's, it's so unusual. But going back to Confucius Plaza, they used to be like this. And so Tom Law's dad um, said, gets up with a bunch of people and said, if we can have this property, this lot, then we can apply and become a Mitchell Lama. So he ended up getting all of these guys to agree to sell the property, sell the property or come together. It's one of the only buildings that's recognizable when you're not in Chinatown and you're somewhere else. You're, if you're right. at a rooftop bar or if you're down right. uh, not too far where other buildings are towering over it. And you can see, you can use that as a landmark to visually see Chinatown from far away. But that's the point that people need to, like, these are the story. Why talk about the bully You know, talk about the bully it's, I'm okay with it. You know, let's have a little vice. It's all right. You know, life is, have fun with it. Right. But when that becomes the only story... But when you walk out and say, you know what, this is the symbol of the community coming together mm -hmm. and saying, if you're not going to give me a Mitchell Lama building, we come together and we're going to fight for Mitchell Lama building. For people who are so, uh, not familiar with what Mitchell Lama stands for, it's, it's the city providing government assistance to create uh, housing, right? Right. I think it's uh, senators you know, who, 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 who authored a bill that mm -hmm. allowed for this. And um, it's you know, uh, subsidized uh, housing. Right. Right. And we were so poor as a kid. I said, you know, it's just plaza. So that's how it's built. So I remember when it was built, I said, hey, dad, you know, everyone's in China is going to move to the building. My father said to me, no, we're not. And I said, why not? You know, of course, the family associates, everyone filled the form. I said, dad, how come we didn't fill the form? He goes, we can't afford to move. Literally, we cannot afford to move. And how much more was rent? Rent was like another $20, $20, $30. A and month. He says, a month. And he says, we can't afford it. Right. right? He can't afford it. Um, you know, those are the things that, um, you know, that makes Chinatown, Chinatown. And, you know, but a lot of people just so simple. Oh, yeah, you got your housing. No, 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 no. You guys built a whole freaking yeah. area, a neighborhood of buildings. Right. Right. And then you redline everyone out. Right. Until you're ready to retire, you're selling for market rate. That's right. We're all Americans. We need to just stand up. Right. We, we are... You know, the living history, right? And, you know, Confucius Plaza, and even after they got it, 
then you have to fight to make sure that our people actually get to um, get in there, get into work, yeah, to build it. I said, like, right. yeah, man, we can build a great wall, we can build a transcontinental railroad, but we cannot build Confucius <laughs> Plaza. Like, what the f, right? Right. You well, there's a whole there's a whole other corruption, like building well, that's right. companies and stuff like that. But yeah. you know, so then to round up. Yeah. All the people that I grew up with, how did they all end up, you know, Chinese, Chinese, for the Chinese? So all the blacks and Latinos ended up in other projects, mm-hmm. right? You know, public housing. So, you know, you learn as a kid, man, every, you know, is that how society is? We all have our place, mm-hmm. right? You know, so when I hear this segregation, blah, 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 I'm like, hey, man, you know, no one seems to be a problem when I was growing up. When we get stuck in the same walk up, we still have to, you know, other people calling a museum now, and we're like, no, that's what I do. That's my apartment. That's, that's reality. A, that's, what that's, you that's see our, that was yeah, our right? reality. That's our reality, yeah, right? right? Where you're collecting money to do this stuff. Um, you know, that's, 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 you know, so if people want to help out, well, simple. You know, all these uh, grocery co-op now, you know, market rates. So you know, have with the black and Latino communities real easy. All the public housing, privatize it. Let these guys sell their apartments for a million dollars. <laughs> Let them cash out. Why is it that the money that went to build a Grand Street co-op can be privatized? The money that they put in for uh, two bridge towers, that can be privatized, right? So why is right. it that when They've it comes to- They've been living there for, for decades. When it comes to people of color, it's like, no, you guys gonna be forever in poverty. Mm-hmm. That's, I think that's what we need to really talk about systemic change and just, just don't look at the word, right? One thing I learned in Chinatown is yi sik ju hang. Break it down to life's four basic necessities, right? Yi, clothing on your back. Food on your table, sick. Sick, yeah. Ju, housing. Hang, transportation. So whenever I look at something, I'm like, if it doesn't touch one of those, it's not touching people's life. It's impacting one of those, it's impacting people's lives. Mm-hmm. People are afraid to go out, that's fucked up, yeah. right? Because of hate, right? People don't get food. Food is not a problem, you know, we got food, yeah. right? But housing, like, why are we the one, like I said, the only way that we can get, now we live in place, oh, you need to have a million dollars to buy this two-bedroom apartment when someone have life-changing profit from that and now it's tax shelter and they don't even have to deal with it because they just buy something in Florida or something and they're good. Mm-hmm. Like, what's that, right? So I think we need to, Fight not just to say, hey, this feel good cause, but make it matter, make it count, mm-hmm. make it count. Problem is too, just to add to that, instead of buying them or privatizing, what they're doing is they're gentrifying, they're pushing them out, they're raising rents. Yeah, but I mean, if you someone know. lives in supposed to be funded public housing, right, that it's... Um, Pay for by government why do they take all the profit out and leave with them right why don't you leave some to build for the next guy who needed housing right. right why is it that so those were affordable housing before and now you just privatize it and all that goes away and then this is the other joke right now they build buildings all oh, the 80 20 and i said i'm always against that they said why i said because the premise is wrong you're saying for every luxury building 80 percent a market rate, 20% affordable. Are you suggesting to me, the society we live in, that we only have 20% people who needs housing? Right. And everyone is 80% and, doing And keep great. in mind, that 20% in the uh, affordable housing program, they will be using separate entrances so the, so the people who can afford don't have to look at Rich them. Rich house, full house. Right, so they don't have to look <clears> at them and at the same time, and they don't share the same amenities most of the time. So they use different entrances and they don't have the same access as well. And I also see the damage to the kids. I always ask myself, if I'm in this situation, would I want it? Do I want that? Right? Do you want to be the 20%? Do I want the 20%? Yeah. Right? Do I want to be the 20%? And I've seen kids, I mean, you know, very fortunately, I'm, I'm professional, I'm doing well and stuff. And, you know, so I... I Buy my own condo, and I, you know, my daughter goes to school, and I've seen some of the kids who live in the eighty twenties, right? It's an awful experience for them, right? Because like when I was growing up, when I went to NYU, they all remembered me because I, I'm wearing the same freaking shirt for four <laughs> days, right? You know, your uniform. Yeah, like people, I said, my daughter says, "Oh, daddy, what what kind of sneakers you used to wear? What brand?" I'm like, "It's called Irregular, Victoria. In fact, everything I wear have the stamp Irregular on it." <laughs> 
You know, I bought <laughs> so much irregular stuff. Yeah. That's my brand. Mm-hmm. I wear irregulars. And, you know, so you watch these kids growing up, going to this school, you know, like my daughter would say, oh, I just came out from Scotland, blah, 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 blah. And poor kids, like, oh, I, I went to Chinatown for one ton me and I had a really good time. It's hard. I don't think people, putting people in that way, I, I question, you know, is it really, are, are, is it all we wanted? Are we just that? simplicity to say hey you be you're very fortunate you hit the lotto that you got to live to next to rich people really is did they ask to come to live with rich people or did they just say i want a fair shot i want to be with my family Mm. but like the only option they have is either you get stuck in chinatown in these um, tenement apartments apartments, or you're going to be a second class citizen that they'll that you, they don't say to you, they're very nice to you, but you know every day you're a second-class citizen. Mm-hmm. Is that how we want to bring our kids up? Is that what the policy should be? You know, I, I think we need, we really need to question that, mm-hmm. right? Why don't we build communities? Why don't we take those money and, you know, I, 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 and I hope that elected officials, especially Chinese elected officials, reach down to your roots, talk to your friends, talk to your family. What do they really want? Really? It's just, you know, we, we're so happy that you ship us out somewhere to live with some rich people? Is that what we want? No. Are, are there any Asian officials, elected officials currently in office or running or celebrities that's taken a stance on any of this? I don't know. I, I know they haven't said shit about it. <laughs> that's for sure. Why right? is that, I mean, right, even right now, look how quiet. Look how quiet it is. I say, like, the call I get from... Uh, we you have know, a- China Mac and MC. You know, that was the first time that anyone has a platform actually call about it. We're hearing it from, you know, these people who are not officials, right? I, I know that uh, in, in this uh, uh, district uh, assembly, um, it's, run, it's run by Asian American. That's right. Um, so what have they been doing um, to support the China, Chinese community, right? You know, where's the Blasio, right? He comes in and he makes a photo op of of going visits these different vendors, but he doesn't actually hear the, the needs of the community. Well, we actually, you know, they're asking to to put a mega jail in Chinatown, right? So we've been fighting that piece. It's like, wait a minute, you don't need more jails. Right. Henry um, Chang was here right. last year, uh, towards the end of last year, uh, and and uh, he certainly high, highlighted some of the way that they're just bullying the community and saying no we're building a jail here jail here regardless of how you feel mm-hmm. and it's right across the street from a park where kids play it's schools apartments like it you know like excuse me who would want a jail being put in your neighborhood in your community without the the consent of that community the people living there you're just going to go ahead and plop it in there right and it's like 80 that was like 35 million some crazy amount but bottom line is, is like all the developments in Chinatown, and again, just going up my my own life experiences. You know, at one time we all live around, you know, Jewish folks here, Italian, Irish guys, right, right. you know, black and brown. Then all of a sudden, they all get moved out, and then what's left? We have also Confucius Plaza, then it's the jail, then it's the courthouse. Everything that's built, a government buildings around us, right? So all the opportunity to really build our community was ne- they, they were never built, right? Even Police Plaza. When I was a kid, Police Plaza now, 1PP, used to look like this. Mm-hmm. So they said, oh, we need the new um, police headquarters. And for the community, you get a parking. So the amenity you get back in, in exchange for taking away all the housing mm. was that you get public parking, you have the open court area where you can play, open space. Now it's a fortress. They took away all the parking. They blocked the entire streets, all the they streets. They blocked the entire street. Yeah. Um, where I used to be able to play handball, right? They all closed it all down, all for police use only. You know, it's like, who's fighting for us? When they put the jail down there, the detention center, that was supposed to be an open plaza. Now it turned, became a parking lot for correction officers, right? So I raised this issue, but that's it. It doesn't go anywhere, mm-hmm. right? You can raise it and boom, boom, boom. And say, yeah, yeah, yeah. So even for something as trivial as street naming, 
right? So Zhang Zhak, his mom is actually a member at our Homecrest Center. So he's a hero that died, that perished during September 11th. He's a paramedic. He worked in Wall Street. He went back to the building. He called mom, I got to help people. She went back, building collapsed on him, he dies, mm -hmm. right? So they have a street named after him on the corner of um, Mulberry and Mulberry and Bayard, mm -hmm. right? First, it was further down. And I'm like, can we be a little more respectful? Like the first Chinese-American street name in the city of in Manhattan, it's right across the street from the detention center. I'm like, you know, yeah. right? Nothing. If our elected officials who can easily say, I would do street naming is what they do best, right? Can't even get that shit done right. What good are they for? What good are they for? Yeah. Right? You know, and people say, well, how come people losing sense, you know, trusting them? Well, because you haven't done shit. That's yeah. why. And I, I feel right. like our identity in the community has been disappearing over time because of gentrification. Also, um, the fact that uh, people are moving out. And I, for the longest time, I thought it was because people, younger Chinese Americans are moving out. And that's why Chinatown's become smaller. But listening to you, it's because people are coming in, outside forces, whatever they may be, they're coming in and taking over. They're taking over and then also... So that's you know, why Chinatown's getting smaller. Just, right. not, that's why Ch It's Chinatown's not the youth leaving or families leaving. It's, it's other entities building on top right. of it. The, the lack of development. Other than, you know, here, Coaches Plaza walked. Why, how come there isn't another one? Mm -hmm. right, why is it that everything turns into, you know, the only thing we got is, you know, homeless shelters and all of this stuff, right? And I'm like, hey, it's needed. I'm not saying those are bad things, right? We're not being NIMBY. Like when Chinatown people say something, NIMBY, right? Not in my neighborhood, right? But you put a jail in here, that's okay. You put everything else in here, we, we, we'll, we've been taking it from you. And when we say one thing, it's, we, we become NIMBY, uh, really, mm -hmm. right? I think our elected official need to speak up and it's not, we're always put on the defensive, by the time decisions made is when we get the outrage, yeah. right? If you're, in, you're at the table to know to work for us, not just to say how wrong you are, how wrong we have been. Mm -hmm. We know, we can, we, we've been doing that without you. I don't need you to add to that. I need you to really fight for us. Fight for us, yeah. right? Fight for the generation that's been here. Yeah, and even the future generations. Yeah. Are Why do you think they're not fighting for us? Because they report to the political machine, right? You know, because unfortunately, they have to report their masters. Their masters, we're not their masters. But then, and that's the thing, if they go against their masters, won't the masters just replace them and somebody else will take? So what? I think it's worth standing up hungry than eating crumbs on your knees. I think that's what they need to do, wow. right? Is that what you want? I mean, did you wake it's up in the morning? To, up. It's worth standing up. Why are we going to take crumbs from people? It's not like... Oh, you know what? Has a million dollars. You know, I'm, put, I'm, I'm putting like these big building. No, I'm giving you this big mega jail, but I'm going to give you $35 million. You can buy a museum. Like, really? Can you say that saying again? It's, it's better to stand up hungry than to be on your, knees. on your knees eating crumbs. Right? We don't need that. You know, and, and these guys are like, hey, we didn't elect you to give me crumbs. We've been getting that shit for hundreds of years. Right, you need to stand up for us, right? You're the one that need to be have to be brave enough to walk away and say, no, we're not taking this, we're not taking this, right? Have the courage. It's just about having courage. Speaking on a political side in politics, that's 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 almost career suicide. Fine, don't don't fight a flag. What you what what you're fighting for, right? And then that these are the people. You know how many elected officials I talk to, and they say, well, you know. Don, I'm not going to name names to embarrass but just about all of them. You know, I didn't, I didn't really uh, win my position because, you know, I got votes from, 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 from Chinese people. And I'm like, now you're spreading the bullshit now. Half the people here are not qualified to vote because they're immigrant. They don't even have, they have a green card. Right. So now you're going to, right? You, so really, the only way you're going to do it, so then why don't you move to a neighborhood where everyone has a green card, go, you know, and then do that. Every single one of them said to me, I didn't, you know, it's, it's hard because I didn't win. I said, well, then do your redistricting properly. 
put our people together of common interest and then do that. But it's not good enough for me for you guys to say, hey, Chinese people didn't vote for me. That, so I'm not going to help them out. I'm not going to help them out. That's a cop out. Bullshit. Because that, they're, they're still part of your district. Hey, Don, did, did you ever think about running? I did. I did. I didn't, I didn't never did want to run because, you know, I was making good money doing, right. <laughs> doing the IT stuff. But um, yeah, it's a good question. You know, so I ran in a couple of years ago, not because I wanted to. All right, so Sheldon Silver's out, and then they say, hey, um, so I'm getting call from people. I say, hey, no Chinese Americans are running in, in this race. And I'm like, no, no way. Somebody's going to run. And uh, no, no, I'm, you know, because the job only paid $80,000, right? I'm making good money on that. So I'm like, I got to take my family. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said, you know what? So I said to my wife, I said, wife, is it okay for me to do it? Because they keep telling me nobody's running. So I came to Chinatown and talked to all the different groups. And they're like, yeah, go for it. I support you. So long story short, once I make my announcement, when it was no Asians running, all of a sudden there are three Asians running oh. in addition to me. Okay. And I went to one of the restaurants to book an appointment, to book the, the, the room for a day to make an announcement. And so this person who is a leader in the, you know, one of the well biggest established organizations in political club in Chinatown mm-hmm. happened to be right there r- trying to book space for her candidate. So I walk up to her and I said, didn't you tell me that you were supporting me? Mm-hmm. Right. Didn't you encourage me for 20 years to run? So why is it when I decided to run now? that not only are you not supporting me, you're actually pushing someone else to run against me. And she said to me, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were going to run next year for city council. I didn't know you were going to run for this one. And I'm like, oh, you're going to, is that what it is? Right? So they have no problem lying. So that happened. But again, I decided to do it only because, you know, people are saying there's no one running. But, you know, and then the people said, hey, you're not going to, then all my friends said to me, hey, you're not going to make it because you're up against the machine. And I said, you know what? I got to do it because a lot of people think, want me to do it. The street vendors and a lot of these guys, grassroots. So if you look at my records, man, I raised money all from you know, street vendors and, and people like that. And um, I said, I got to go through the process. I cannot let them down. I cannot let them know that, you know, I said, because it's not about winning or losing. It's about who we are, that you got to believe in it. You got to have to do it. You right. know, you got to play it through. You got to, so. you got to have your voices heard because yeah. even when you're running, you know, you're, you're going to have uh, media covering your, 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 your race, the race. And that, that word's going to spread. So you being going through the whole process that tells that makes sure that Chinese communities' voices are heard. Yeah, but again, then they also realize as an Asian man, like, dude, you get screwed over like multiple times, right? So I did an interview with New York Times, and um, so I said to them, you know, so they they did not endorse me, but worse, they said, you know, Don Lee, business Chinatown businessman. I'm like, Ooh. Ooh, right? That's tough. It I'm makes like, it look like you have a financial uh, right. agenda. I'm like, personal financial I said, agenda. wait a minute. You guys wrote about me when I bought Firecracker back to Chinatown. I was, you guys mentioned as community activists. You guys wrote about me fighting for the street vendor. That was okay. You guys wrote about me for bringing Grand Street Station. That's okay. But when I decide to run for office, I am Don Lee, the Chinatown businessman. Wow. Right? And that's mainstream media, right? That's the New York Times for you. Yeah. And, and it's not like, you know, so again, it's just, and it's okay. I just think that all of us have to be willing to do what's right and be able to accept the consequences. Mm-hmm. Sacrificing, look, the civil rights leaders sacrificed a hell of a lot more for us to be here. Right? You're, if damn, they did, you're damn right, yeah. Right? They did all that, and yeah. I'm going to worry about my own little feelings. I shouldn't do this. I'm like, you know yeah. what? If we say that we actually are inspired by them, 
then they make ultimate sacrifices. We can do. We can do. We can. We can afford to do some sacrifices on our own. And you mentioned that with new media, um, it's the new platform, and and it's kind of the way things are progressing. And at the same time, choosing your fights, specifically with our podcast, you know, by uh, having certain guests speak about things or taking our own stances with certain. Uh, things where where we know it's just blatantly wrong. Forget if you're on the left, if you're on the right, or the center. It doesn't matter. Wrong is wrong, and right is right. That said, you know we understand that it's risky. You know we're up here, we're, we're we said a lot of words, we see a lot of things, and it's not just one podcast. It's a lot, and sometimes someone can extrapolate what you said just on that little thirty second clip. And kind of uh, manipulate it how they want it by framing it a certain way. And then they can say, well, this guy's an asshole because here it is. Mm-hmm. Let's cancel this person. Yeah. So I, there are things that are worth fighting for. And if even with the cancel, you know, all of these things, they are, they are risks that you have to take. But obstacles are there to see how badly you want it. And as long as you say... Hey, man, I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this for the community, right? I told people I don't sleep a lot, but I sleep very well because, you know, as long as you know you're fighting for the community, I'm not fighting for myself, then it's okay. They can say what the hell they want. It really don't bother me, right? Like you said, I'm very lucky that I have the, you know, yeah. uh, professional life that I have, right. uh, wife that, you know, right. believes in what I'm doing. Because you and I and Norm, we can live very comfortable lives, Right. We, I mean, a lot of people think it's funny. They think we're doing this podcast and they think this is our nine to five. And we go, no, we, this is our weekend gig. <laughs> you know, like oh, an after work gig. After work. Uh, yeah, weekend five, and after, after nine to five. Yeah, it's a, it's a nine to five after the traditional nine to five. Like, right. we have jobs. We do well. We get paid a nice salary. You know, mm-hmm. um, we, we work really hard. And we do this, number one, as a passion. And we want to create this new platform. Because we know that there's, we think that there's a lot of value to it. And just in the small sample size we've received so far, we're like, wow, this is making an impact on a few lives. And that's enough to keep Norm and I going and charge up. I mean, the, the messages that we get, thank you to you guys. Um, beautiful messages of encouragement. Beautiful messages of, of just thank you so much for, for having this guest on. Thank you so much for speaking up for us. Having on these this. conversations that Having, nobody's talking about. Right. I didn't think there were people out there willing to take that step. Because, yes, it's, it's a lot. Number one, it's a ton of work to do something like this. Number two, <laughs> number two, it's, it's extremely risky because this day and age, you know, everybody wants to pick apart, especially if you start, you know, you're at a place and they just don't like it for whatever reason. It goes against whatever they're feeling they want to take it dissect it and completely destroy you people start judging all these things about you know our motivation and i'm like well maybe you're being racist just because you see as a chinese person setting up like maybe I, i'm not supposed to speak up right i suppose you just like take right. it as it is oh yeah just a shirt i'm like what do you mean just a shirt i mean she's thank god she know how to she put it out just a shirt just a shirt well, if someone put, but she's okay. Someone poured kerosene on your grandma's back right. and lit her on fire. I am positive you would want immediate justice. So let me share with the viewer what she said to me. I said, wow. When she told me I got burned, I'm like, I said, how do you? I looked at her. I'm like, shit. How did she be so composed? Right? I know her for 20 years. She's been a member for like 20 years. I, you know, on and off. I don't have that much interaction with them, you know, because I'm the board chair. I just show up once in a while and just say hello. I don't work there. People just think that, Don, it's your nonprofit. You must be making money. I was like, come on, man. You know, I volunteered for 24 years. Why don't you guys try that? All right? Mm-hmm. Don't judge. Just like I'm making money off this stuff. You know, yeah, maybe there's a lot of money on this. Why don't you, why don't you try it? Right? So then I talked to this, this grandma and she go, oh, those are punks. Kai Jai, I'm like, wow, you, you just like, Yo, that you just, tire, just like, brush it off like that. He goes, I've seen worse. I'm like, what? In 90 years of living. Years, wow. She says, I grew up when the Japanese were bombing China. I got over to Hong Kong and then they bombed Hong Kong and had to sneak back into China. 
He goes, well, go to Hong Kong to Choi San. Took me 10 days. I still remember two of those days. I slept on the pier for two days because I have to wait for the next ferry to get them cross the river. Yeah. It's just, just that alone. And then when they find out my father was from San Francisco, they said, you must have money. So they try to kidnap her and they have to take her in the middle of the night to hide wow. somewhere. And she goes, I seen planes of bombs and they told us if a bomb drops and you got burned, this is what you do. Like little does she know what she learned Prepare in war atrocities happens in Bensonhurst, right? She's the poster child of they can't burn us all. Right. So that's she says crazy. like that she says, Oh, go to Kwai Jai, you know, they're punks. Yeah. I see much worse people than these guys. <laughs> I'm like, wow. 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 Right. And then she said Grandma's you know, gangster. Right. Yeah, the rest you heard, you, you heard what she said to 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 China Mac and, and, and to Jin and these guys like, hey, we, we want justice. I'm so proud that you guys are standing up. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm so and people like question me, oh Don, did you you know, did you coerce her? I'm like, does she look coerced in that video? Right? Oh, you you know, you're putting her in danger. How is she being put in I danger? I said in danger. I said How is she put being put in danger by speaking up? Right. So I said to her, I said, Do you feel is this so she says to me, I'm ninety years old, what are they gonna do to me? Right. Do you understand I'm that? You what I'm doing? Like that could have so been brave. your grandmother, yeah. that could have been your mother, that could be any one of us. That could be any one of us being right. like we're told we're, we haven't hurt anyone, we haven't done anything to anyone, and then we're just walking down the street and if someone comes up to you your significant other, whoever, someone that you care right. about or someone that you know, and then they just pour. But can, can I, I can, mean, but can I be, can I be honest? I told my mom this story and I told her like, if that ever happened to you, to anyone I see on the street, a woman being harassed, I'm going to step in. And my mom said, you're crazy. Don't do anything. Even if it's me, I'm like, but, but her story, the grandma's, uh, the grandma's, attitude towards this it's to me is not, not it's, typical it's not typical it's not i totally typical. agree with you right i totally agree with you on that part and i think that's why it's amazing that she's telling it is amazing friends. and um you know and that's also the reason why you know i'm i'm, I'm a frontline worker right we're delivering meals to to seniors and stuff like that and um you know i don't really go to public events or anything like that um so but when China Mac decided to go. I got a lot of call. Don't go. All right. He's a gangster, blah, 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 blah. And then I hear this drama about raising money. And I told my daughter, initially, she said to me, Dad, are you going to go? I said, in my initial works, I wasn't going to go. Because, not because, because of COVID, not because of anything else. But when I heard all of this stuff, I said to my daughter, I said, Victoria, I have to go. And you're coming too. What's her reaction? She goes, well, you got to observe social distancing and then we got to, you know, she was worried about that. <laughs> you got to be safe, Daddy. Gonna, gotta be yeah, safe. you got to save Daddy because, you know, because she's with me delivering food also, right? So because, you know, we're dealing with a very vulnerable population, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so I said, I have to go and I have to explain to her. I said, I have to go and because otherwise people are going to write these other stories and said he doesn't even have the support of the family when he actually has the support. Mm-hmm. And as if nothing else, I need to be there for that symbolic symbolism. Then of course I went there and I said, I don't need to say. So they said, you, would like, you want to say something. By the time I got there, we, we were late waiting for Eric Adams. You know, mm-hmm. he, was, he was not an event. So that's why we were late getting there. So they said, would you would like to speak? I said, no, no, no. Because I see that the crowd was already, you know, I'm like, I had nothing to this conversation. Mm-hmm. Right. At that time, I'm like, hi. I'm like, I had zero to the conversation. Right. In fact, you know, I explained to my daughter, I said, sometimes leadership means taking a step back. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. it's not always in the front. Yeah. Right. In there, I knew what was my role is to let people see you, see me symbol. there that we are support, we are with supporting. Them. Yeah. Actually, I right. I love what you just said there. I think leaders, true leaders, really lead from behind. Yeah. Because know? I'm not, you know, look, listen. It's a different generation. You guys know what you're doing. I add nothing. You know, I'm observing, learning. You know, but again, I know that what I'm going to add to that conversation. I'm not going to, if I add no value, you know, like someone said, speak only when you add, this is, this is one thing I learned from Giuliani, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean the thing ba- is, back in the, I mean, the thing is administration, back in the 90s, Giuliani, right? Not, not, right? Now. not, not now, yeah, he's, no. a, he's a crazy man. <laughs> but, you know, he said, uh, or is it Charles Wong? He says, you know, we're at a meeting, he says, guys, speak only when you add value to the conversation. 
right? Silence is better than that, you know? So it's okay if you don't. So I think when I want that, I say, hey, I don't have, you know. But you know what happened? Then online people say, oh, they did not allow him to speak. Oh, total what? bullshit. Yeah. Is this at the first rally in Benson? The first one. Yeah. They okay. said, oh, they didn't allow him to speak. I said, no, that's bullshit. I, had, I said, I had no value. I Who said, the I'm fuck is saying these things? Man. This is the whole crap mentality, right? So when I ran for office, that was the things that I said to my wife. I said, you're going to know whether you had a good husband or bad husband because they'll take everything out from, about me. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, I think you did okay, honey, because the only thing they said about me was, his name is L-E-E. He's not really Chinese. He's Korean. That's from your Whoa, elected official. That is, that is crazy. That's, elect, that's from your elected was, official right, all, right how now. Is, how is that a bad thing? Like, right? that's a, even if you were Korean, I mean, if you were Korean right now sitting across from me, it changes nothing. And you, and you still have the same resume, right? same person, but you're Korean. That but, doesn't right. change. But they, if, were, if they were telling all the seniors here, it's, don't vote for him. him to, uh, vote for the Chinese, Chinese candidate, yeah, Chinese not Korean. the Korean candidate. That's our own people. That's the same... That's that's your elected official well, right now. They didn't count that you're you're in the boots to the ground. You know the community. You know these seniors. You know everyone. And here. the senior, the one that told me, he said they said yeah. that about you. He said, "Are you really Korean?" <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I, said, I speak that's Chinese. It. No, he says it doesn't matter that you're Korean. I voted for you anyway. Is what mm-hmm. they said to me, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm like, who said I'm Korean? Right. Then the other one was like, oh, he's really arrogant. Um, he doesn't really care commu- community. He'll come in do something take credit, and then he leaves. I'm like, really? <laughs> right? But th- I said, if that's the only thing you got, I said to my wife, I said, your husband's pretty clean. But wow. Still, man, words like that are so fucking annoying. When you know it's not true, yeah. when you're putting in all the work, when you're the, actually the opposite of that, and they're saying, no, you're that, it is completely infuriating. But they're like roaches, right? So when I see them, just like that leader, I'm not going to name her name, but maybe one day. <laughs> but... But this is head of this major democratic organizations in Chinatown. The one who started it all. And she just, they said to me, oh, I thought you were running next year. This other one, I said to them, I said, did you? I said, you know, you are a, one of these local uh, democratic leaders in this district. I'm telling, people are telling me that you're saying that about me online. All right? Turn around and run. So I'm like, yeah, that's what happened to cockroaches, man. You shed light on them, they run. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, right. damn, Don. Yeah. All right. That's a bar. Right. It is. Jeez, right. Jeez. But this is happening, you know, but it's okay. Uh, you know, like I said, we, we'll do our piece. I, I see hope in what you guys are doing and what the new media will bring that it be, doesn't, we don't have to compete with the soundbite and then where the whole narrative is already painted. Mm-hmm. That we all live, we eat in restaurants with neon lights. You know, percent. <laughs> right. really, just the twenty percent. Right. They're offering so, yeah. just the twenty percent. So they're, we're asking for the same equal rights as everyone, everyone else. else. We're not asking for more, and we're we're not willing to accept less. We're asking for the same damn thing. And if you don't take it while we're asking, eventually, if if you don't give it while we're asking, eventually, it's going to lead to something much bigger, and it's going to be a much bigger problem for those people. To control, it's going to be a bigger fire than you can ever imagine. Right. So, to those people, you have to be careful because right now we haven't really began the true fight. We're just asking right now. We're trying to do this peacefully, and if that doesn't work, somebody else it may not be us, but there will be someone else. There will be someone else that's going to put their foot down and it's going to start a movement. And that person, that man or woman, would be able to gather enough people to rally behind this. It's a new generation. You guys must be careful. you got to stop playing these stupid games. You play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. Mic drop. They need to understand that there's other people fighting for us, that we don't all have a crabs in a bucket mentality, that our stories are actually very rich and very beautiful and deep. Our culture is so powerful and just absolutely gorgeous. Don't get drowned out by this. The modern minority myth, the stereotypes. But if you want to look at it as a cool factor, if you're a teenager and you're listening, or you're in your 20s or 30s, whatever, you want to look at like the cool factors, There's we have the coolest fucking shit. But it's up to you guys to take that uh, history that we have that they left for us and, and modernize it to this day and age and make it cool for yourself kind of do a little bit of a remix because everybody else does it right. why can't we take our own stuff and remix and make it dope right, right. And, and modernize it for our generation mm-hmm. why don't we do that right 
There's a lot of cool things about our stuff, man. I'm telling you, look at the movies, look at the clothes, clothes, look at, come on, they got year of the uh, whatever, rat, horse, sneakers, you know, that they take, yeah. you know, they're, they're, they they take a lot, these corporate entities take what we have and how many Chinese people get paid off of that? Yeah. How many, how many Asians get paid off of, off of uh, their ideas? Is that monetized? Yeah. Right? Right. And then the other thing is like, talk about food, you know, if you have time in the future time, we should have a whole conversation on chop suey, right? I cook chop suey. That's how I paid my way to college. So all you people who have never cooked chop suey, stop knocking it. Stop making excuses. <laughs> stop saying how wrong it is. Stop saying you never ate stop it. Stop saying I said you never ate it, right? Stop saying, you know, stop knocking. The first fusion food in America should be recognized as that and not a travesty that you mm-hmm. guys are going to be. So for all you foodies out there, stop knocking it. I want to be the voice for all those voiceless chefs who did an honest living. The cooking style is 100% Chinese. They, ha- they learn how to make it work. Instead of recognizing for that, you guys are making fun of them. So don't victimize your own people. So right. unless you have cooked Chinese. Don't shame them. Don't shame them. You have never cooked chop suey before I have. And, you know, don't knock now, it. How do you feel about that? I mean, recently there, that's, that has been a subject matter where people are addressing. That's been gaining some headlines uh, where non-Asian people either making Chinese food or owning a Chinese restaurant or a dim sum restaurant. Or even yeah. taking a name, like an Asian type name, but it's not has nothing to do with Asian cuisine. Well, let's stick with that first, where they are making Asian cuisine and they're just not Asian though. I mean, in the end of the day, it's appropriation. If they do it in a respectful way, right? I mean, if they're like, hey, I'm paying homage to your culture, that's one thing. But when they got shit like, oh, I'm doing this because it's more healthy. Mm. I'm like, hey, a quarter of the world's population are Chinese. If it's not so healthy, we'd be dead by now. Like, come on. Right. And, we're not, and we won't be living to 90s, <laughs> right? 100 years old. <laughs> right. <laughs> Asians at the long, you know, in terms of longevity is number one in, this, in, 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 in the world. Definitely in New York, right? So I think if they do it in a respectful way and not just profiteering off of it. I mean, we're talking about you know, lettuce wrapped. So I did a whole lot of research. I did a whole, you know, uh, my proudest moment is during the 150th anniversary of the Golden Spike, I was actually invited to be part of that program. I did a whole cooking thing about what they cooked. From that research, I find out like, hey, you know, don't knock it. There's that a sounds lot like of, a fun venue to be that's at. A lot of, that's a lot of things that, you know, so, but people are all knocking. Oh, so if they respect it and not profiteering off of it, I'm all right with it. The problem so is, am I. right? So am I. I'm okay with Mexican, white, Italian, Japanese, whoever. If they want to open up a Chinese restaurant and they do it right, right, and not knocking it, right, saying that it's better than it's better. actual Chinese and then, restaurant. Oh, and and you know what? We're gonna do something good. We're gonna donate to the homeless. We're gonna give some money to China. I was like, come on, man. Here you go again. Like, we're the perpetual victims, we're the perpetual foreigners, and we're the perpetual victim needing a handout. Like, come on, all right? So... Yeah, we're not looking for that. I no. can tell you that right now. That's, that's never been within our culture. I can remember as a kid when other parents, because I, you know, I didn't grow up rich, and when my other friends, when I started making uh, a different network of friends, and my parents started, um, they're seeing like they're giving me gifts, like their parents were buying me like like clothes and and baseball cards, like a whole box of them. Whereas back then, I would only have like I had to save up just to get one pack yeah, with a gum in it. You got a little tin can where you save them. Yeah, in and you go. Yeah, exactly. I had a tin can and I kept it in my box uh, yeah. of my of my, uh, my most recent sneaker that I bought because I only had one pair of shoes. You know, so I had everything in there. And when I started coming home with like these baseball and my mom and dad, my mom's going. Um, where the heck did you get that from? You know, and then when they started finding out that I was getting stuff either from my relatives or friends, she would go give it back. Now that's right, give it back. That's right. That's why dad would say to me as a kid. I hated he says, that. He says, "Remember, yeah, when you but, walk into a store, all right, unless we're going to be buying something, don't touch it, all right, hmm. and uh, don't walk too fast, right? Walk slow, right, right, right." And he says, the fact that we don't have money, 
you're not buying anything. So don't touch anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, but we're going to go in there because some relatives are there. So, yeah. you know, you have those conversations with, with your parents and then, you know, and, and then you hear all this crazy stuff with people judging you with, you know, what, what have all these ideas about you, right? That they, I said, you know nothing about me, right? Just because now I got to run IT for a couple of hospitals and all of a sudden you, you know nothing about me. Don't make those assumptions. Right. But there's a lot of other history. But when they see that, I think that's why classism is the biggest issue than, right. than anything else. Right. Um, and, um, you know, we definitely have to fight it. And I think we definitely, again, tell a more richer story of what's behind it. Don't let other people Absolutely. tell a story. When we start repeating it without fact-checking it, we are... Accessory. Perpetuate. We're Accessory to a crime. Yeah. And I'm happy to eat Chinese food made from anyone as long as it's good. Yeah. It's good. Like if, if, a, if a white man wants to make my Chinese food, if a black man, if a Mexican, I don't care. If it's good, I'm there. Like, well, Cheesecake Factory's got like egg you know, rolls, lettuce wrap. That's all Chinese And food. you know what? Yeah. And, and yeah, exactly. And then you know what? And there's Chinese people that own sushi restaurants. That's right. I know a very good place that does like $50 omakases and they're owned by Fujinese people. Mm -hmm. And it's a really high-end Japanese food. I mean, right. we went there they, to they eat. They source it direct uh, yeah, products so, from Japan. Uh, and I, I've gone into pizzerias made by Mexicans. Right. Fully made by Mexicans and I, I even think it's Mexican-owned. You know? Mm. So, but the, the Mexicans are making the Italian food. Uh, in that in that specific restaurant that we went to, yeah. and 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 the pizza, and it's absolutely delicious, right? Delicious, and I've actually seen a couple of Mexicans cook in the Chinese restaurants in Chinatown. Yeah, in the back when I walked by, I was like, oh shoot. Yeah. So you know what? And and it was delicious. So you know, I have no problem with that. But the problem lies when you try to make yourself knocking, seem right. holier than thou. Right. And when you have to step else. on that fucking pedestal and say, I'm right. taller than you, bitch. And you disrespect And you want to look down yeah. on everyone else, then you're disrespecting the culture. Now I have a problem with your fucking restaurant and your food and so do the rest of us because right there, that's not it. That's right. definitely not how you do it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. We shared a video clip for you in Washington Square Park um, and quite a few people reached out to us and said, how do I follow this guy? <laughs> do you have a social media presence? No. Nothing. Okay. Nothing. I spend all my time follow these guys. I will. <laughs> yeah, we'll be your uh, liaison. If, if there's something, yeah, we'll be your liaison. If there's yeah. super something important, then yeah. yeah we'll... I spend, you know, I'm, I'm still doing some, um, the creative side of me, it's technology. So, you know, I, I in the last 15 years or so, right, help automate a couple of uh, hospitals, including Bellevue Hospital Center, and also a lot of clinic, and it really hasn't gotten its job. So the one thing I want to do is for my um, technology background is to build something that will make it work. I think it needs to be not at the hospital level, not at the clinic level, but at individual patient level. So that's what I'm working on. Um, the other time I spend in the senior center just to help out. But the one thing that I'm working on right now, sign that petition. We're not just going to be here and bitch and moan and then it goes away. We're going to fight this thing through. We're looking for systemic change. So since our elected officials not speaking up, they're more answering to the masters, the, the political machine, I need all of you guys to make sure that we sign that petition. Can you elaborate on the petition? So the petition, actually, I want to keep credit where credit is due. So I'm talking to MC Jin, and, and he says, well, you know, we're going to do the rally. Are we going to do anything more than that? And I'm like, you're right. Am I just going to go there and just say bitch and moan and then go another day? And I said, we need to do something. And then I talked to my team and said, we're going to ask for three things. Number one, classify this as a hate crime because it's important, right? Or get other services. Number two, add additional services. Number three is to change the legislations, amend it, add them, whatever it is, because currently it's not working for us. So they did a little bit from one, a little bit of two. So we're really pushing for, and I'm working for a team of lawyers who are really looking into this, and we're going to make it work. Our obstacle is, like someone said to me, he says, Don, you know, I think we have like close to 42,000 signatures mm. so far. He says, yeah, you got 42,000 signatures, but not one of the Asian American elected officials have spoken out. Oh, wow. It's wow. true. Silence. Silence. Yeah. Right? How about, how about Asian celebrities? Anyone with any platform? Have the, I mean, well, besides Daniel Wu, Daniel MC Wu, Jin, MC Jin, and China Mac. That's it. 
Really quickly, is there anything we can do to help to support the defense, uh, the attorneys or the, the, the lawyers that are working on the, the case? Right now, we are you know, all pro bono lawyers, and we're talking to pretty, pretty smart people to, to look at that. So actually, you know, to make sure that we do it right. So I, like all the cases I worked before, so there's a lot of pro bono lawyers that work for me on those. Mm -hmm. So we have um, mm -hmm. prosecutors as well as defense right. attorney to look into this stuff. Okay. Um, so we're working on it, and we might, if, if there's an opportunity that needs to file a lawsuit, we will. Mm -hmm. right? We're not, because our ancestors have done this many of times. Right? It's just that somehow in 2020, you know, I got lawyers telling me that we, we, it's not a hate crime, and you know, we got all the other bullshit stuff. But it doesn't matter. It's not about them. It's about fighting for the community. It's about this moment in history where people are questioning, rightfully so, how are things supposed to work, right? And this is the time for us to ask, I'll put in our question too. This is right. our question. How are we going to be protected? Yeah. Why is this not a hate crime? And are things working for us? Are things really working for us? Yeah. And go for that four simple thing, right? Yisik ji hang, right? Clothes on your back, food on the table, roof over your head, and transportation. That's it. You know, and, and, and one simple rule I have is, if I don't see anything negative that's hurting my community, Either I follow or I get out of the way. Mm. You know, if yep. you guys, you know, what's the point? You know, if you, I don't understand all this craziness that's out there that's pulling us back. Yep. Right. Enough already. Don Lee, thank you very much. Thank, thank you, you guys. Sincerely, thank you for sharing your stories. These are some fantastic stories. I enjoyed our conversations from the moment I stepped in. Yeah. You're doing some beautiful things out there and you're definitely uh, charging up. You charge us. <laughs> yeah. No, I appreciate sure. that. No, I appreciate it. Like you said, yeah. you know, it's lucky to have this opportunity to talk and I think we'll keep going. Certainly inspiring. Thank you guys for listening. This is Lucky Boys Podcast. Until the next one, guys, we're out to the we rally. Out.